I uh, had this thought. I was driving down the road and I saw a news report. And it, uh, I was listening to this and uh, it shook me pretty bad. I went back to the church, went back to my office, and I was working on my message for Father's Day. And guys, when I preach on Mother's Day, I'm preaching to moms, but I'm not in their shoes. You know what I'm saying? I, I, can, I can go to the Word of God and I can tell you what it says. But let me tell you guys, I'm going to be a little more blunt when I'm talking to dads because I do walk in your shoes. I'm not talking today just from the perspective of a pastor. Am I a pastor? Yes. But today I, w- I want to talk to the dads. And before everybody else tunes me out and says, oh, I knew if I came today it was all going to be about dads. No, I want, to, I want all of us to learn and grow from this because it will help all of us. I want you to turn in your Bibles, and I'm going to springboard off this in 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Then we'll go to this. The comparison that the Lord brought in my mind is, is, is I was thinking about this. I was thinking, what, what would happen? Let's, let's say... We were, we were raising up our kids to go to war. And okay, and, and they're, they're going into war. And we would be appalled if it was like this. If, if they dropped them off and they had no training with a gun. And they did not know how to fight. They did not know who the enemy was. And if they walked in there, they didn't know what a landmine was. Or they didn't know how to camouflage themselves. They didn't know how to jump into a tank. They didn't know any of these things. You say, what would happen? We would lose that army like that. Our, 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 our sons and our daughters would be dying like that. They would be casualties of war. They'll be casualties all over the place. They would be prisoners. They, they would be tortured. They would be overcome. And you say, well, well, if they weren't taught how to do it, they would fail. And that is absolutely true. For us as believers, you've got to understand there is scripture after scripture after scripture to tell us very clearly, we are in a war. We are fighting an enemy. He is passionately after us. He is passionately pursuing us. He has not backed down. He will not quit. And I know, I feel like, guys, sometimes I get into this and I feel like a broken record. I do. I think, man, I I, I get up and I talk about the enemy and I talk about what's going on. I talk about the opposition that we're facing. But let me tell you, it is absolutely true. If we had the same mindset as going to war when it came to raising our kids... You think about this. This generation is more confused on sexuality and every other issue than ever be, be, before. The big concern that we used to be, we, we would sit down and we would talk about things like, man, I hope my kids grow up and stay in church. Now, now they've got more temptations. They've got more distractions. They have more accessibility to porn. They have more apps to help them cheat in life and cheat on spouses and cheat on girlfriends. God is questioned. Morals are questioned. Ethics are questioned. Even the value of human life over animal life is, is questioned. The Bible says in this passage, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, we're going to go over. I, I want to use Jesus as our example today. I know that's cliche. But man, I, I started with Paul. Paul with Timothy. And man, God brought me back and said, no, use me as, my, as the example of raising. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The word sober means to be watchful. And I know this for dads. And I'm dads, hey, you better walk out of here being watchful. Just like if you were at war. You're going around the corner. All right, and it's okay. 
Man, I'm, I'm going to be aware of what's going on. I'm going to be aware not only just the crazy things that happen in our society because of terrorists and, and twisted evil people. I'm talking about just the moral decay, decay in this world. That I, I'm, I'm going to be careful as I go around and I'm going to be like, hey, kids, all right, we're, we're not going to that movie. I checked it out. There's a bunch of junk in that that our eyes should not see. Hey, hey, hey what, what are you talking about? You're going you're gonna to go to what party? Hey, I, I've got I've to be sober. I've got to be in this thing. But it says to be vigilant, to become aware, to pay attention, to wake up. For it has to be, oh, I didn't know my son was into that. I didn't know that was a thing. You better know it's a thing. You better know what's going on. You know why? Because it is our job to know what's going on. Be sober, be vigilant. You know why? Because you're adversary of the devil. I have preached on this verse so many times, but I'm going to point out something that I've never pointed out in this verse before, and this is it. It doesn't say the adversary. Your adversary. Can you imagine? Peter, Peter already went through this with Jesus. Jesus already trained him, taught him. I'm going to bring you back to that, which I believe was the springboard for this. That the, what was taught to him. But he, taught, he told him, he said, your adversary. Hey dads, what, what if we were to turn this around and that's how we taught our kids? There's a devil out there. That devil's trying to get you and that devil trying to get you. You know, that's a bunch of junk. There's a sicko called the devil that's out there he is perverting society he is twisting minds he is creeping into teens lives he's manipulating us in every way possible and let me tell you he is your adversary for me to tell my kids he is your adversary he's not just after dad and when dad's trying to be sober and i'm trying to be vigilant hey son he's after you he's after your virginity he's after your purity he's after your mind he's after you Your adversary, your enemy is after you. He's creeping in. He's seeking. Isn't that creepy? He's seeking. I mean, literally, we have the idea of, son, stay away from those places over there and don't go down the bars. You don't have to worry about that. He's seeking. He's standing outside of your house. He's slipping into your living room. He is outside of this church. He's creeping through the doors of this church. He's seeking whom he may devour. I looked up that word devour. It means to take and hold. Totally consume. Totally take down. It's not a matter of, well, my son's dabbling in things. It's not about with the devil about him dabbling. It's about destroying your kids. Destroying. I want to speak today about being battle ready. Not, not, Not just... I want him to have a good job and I hope he can stand. I know I want my kids to be battle ready. I want them to be well aware of what's going on. I want them to be well prepared. You say, how do you do this? Here's how we prepare the next generation to be battle ready. We need to lead, we need to lead them to know it. Lead them to know it. See, turn to Luke chapter 22, verse 31. This is Jesus talking. A couple of Sunday nights ago, we had communion. And I started talking to them uh, about... Um, Peter, I love, I love talking about Peter. Peter is the theme, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, uh, all these things that he did, all the conflicts that he had. And Jesus is talking to Peter. He starts off talking to him. Then we'll see how he transitions the other things as it goes on. Luke 22, verse 31. And the Lord said unto, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Have you ever had to use your kid's name twice? You know what I'm saying? Jordan, Jordan. You know, he's like... You know, and, and it's, it's not by accident that it's in here. It's, it's a matter of God getting his attention or Jesus emphasizing this. He said unto him, Simon, Simon, behold, 
Satan hath desired to have you. It says the same thing, your adversary. Hey, he desires to have you. Have that conversation with your kids. I'm serious. And you're saying, well, I'm not going to talk to him. No, talk to him about this. Your job is to lead them to know this. We start off with the warning. I'm going to show you that this is a warning in this passage. We're starting off with the warning as Jesus is sitting down with them. And he walks in to lead them to know me. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you. He knows you. He's warning them. He desires to sift you as wheat. The warning of the enemy is Jesus' warning of Satan's desires. Peter, he's saying he knows who you are. He knows what you're doing. And, and I know the Lord, obviously, knowing the spiritual battle behind the scenes, he takes notice of you. He follows you around. He hears what you say. He knows your weaknesses. I'm not trying to give him the attributes of God, but I'm telling you, he is after us. He has, a, he has everything set up. He's warning him of the enemy. Let, let me tell you what you are facing he warns him of his attacks. Jesus warned Peter of Satan's plan. He said to sift you as wheat. There's a description that they, in, in the Bible times, they would take it and they would shake all the wheat and then they'd throw it up and they'd, sh- they'd sift it. They would shake it up and they would try to separate it. He said, you know what? The, Satan has this desire. He said, he knows the flesh of you and he knows that you follow me and he's going to shake you down and see what you're made of. You imagine having that conversation with your son or your daughter, having them and say, well, I'm not going to do that. I mean, you, I'll sit down and I'll have conversations and let my kids know that, hey, you, you need to straighten up on your dribble when you're going towards the goal or make sure you cover yourself when you're running in the ball. And hey, make sure when you get to school that you take notes. How about this? Hey, son. Hey, daughter. He desires you. I'm going to warn you right now that Satan desires you. He does not want you to succeed. He does not want the blessings of God on you. And let me tell you, as I look into that world, I'm going to tell you how he attacks. He's got temptations out there. And he said, well, it's not a big deal. You know what the Lord was preparing him, said to sift you away? At one point in time, he's going to get a hold of you. He's going to shake you. At every point in our life, you can tell them all that they want, but telling them is not enough. We've got to warn them of what's to come. We've got to warn them what's out there. We've got to warn them what Satan does to attack. He wants to see what you're made out of. Remember, he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You don't have to look for, our kids will never have to go looking for, well, I raised my kids right. It's not about just raising them right. They've got to know it so that they can live it you got to put it into their hearts and into their minds so that it's in their hearts so that they stand for righteousness because mom and dad, you're not always going to be there. He went from this. And I promise you, I took this point out and I put it back into my notes. I'm just reading back through here. Read with me in Luke chapter 22, verse 33. And he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. You know, Peter was like, Lord, I, I'll tell you what. Lord, you have no idea in my heart. I'm ready to die for you. And the Lord does something here. And he says in verse 34, and he said unto him, and he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou hast thrice denied that thou knowest me. Let me tell you, it's, it's not only that we warn them, we confront them. We can, Dad, it's not just your job to be their buddy, and I'm glad you teach them to throw a ball. But you know what Jesus does there? He calls him out on that spot, and he says, Peter, wake up! 
Your spirit indeed is willing, but your flesh is weak. Peter, I'm going to call you out on this right now. Right now you are standing on ground that you cannot stand on. You think bigger of yourself than you are. I'm going to call you out right now and tell you you are not ready for what's to come. Guys, this is not easy. You know what I'm learning as a dad and learning as a leader? We have to sit there and be able to call them out. We're so terrified of our kids getting upset with us. Do you realize that your kids are your business? Your kids are your business. If they're going to come to my daughter at 11 years old and start giving her birth control, it's time for me to stand up and say, that is my child, you get out. Where have we gone wrong to think that the government controls? And I am not anti-government. Don't get, I'm not preaching some radical stuff right here. But I am telling you, I will please God before I please any government. Those babies belong to me. God gave them to me. And I'm going to keep them pure and holy as long as I am able with God's help. I stand there and say, you know what? I call that out as a bunch of junk from the devil saying, you know what? You're going to try to teach them that their body is their own business and you can do what you want and you feel good. You do it. That is wrong. Teach it to them. Put it in their hearts. Live it out in front of them. Call them out. Son, what were you watching? What's on your phone? Who did you just go to? What party were you at? What were you doing? Well, that's none of my business. You better make it your business. Train up a child in a way he should go. You know whose job it is to train him up in the way he should go? That means when he's not where he should be, it's your job to get him where he should be. That's what that means. Well, it's not my business, and I'm just afraid if I dabble in his business, one day he'll, he'll thank God that you were in his business or her business. I'm going to read you a verse. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. If the guys are able to pull it up, I want you guys to see them. See this. It gives us instructions to the kids in Hebrews 13, 17. It says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourself. That's their job. Kids, I'm, I'm going to tell every, every, every child here that is underneath the umbrella of your parents, okay? When you are a child living in your parents' home, your job as a child, I, I don't care what the world's going to say. We're not living by the world's standards, We're here because we put ourselves under the subjection of God's word. God's word is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. And it tells you as a child, because you're you're, you're, there under the leadership of God, and you're under the leadership of your parents, obey them that have the rule over you. For they watch for your souls. They're not just watching for education, they're watching for your souls. As they, they, they must give an account. How's that make you feel all warm and fuzzy, Dad? Let me tell you your job. They watch for your souls. That they may give an account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for the child. I'm accountable. I sit there and say, well, dad, it's none of your business who I'm talking to. It's all of my business who you're talking to. Because if you're stepping into something that's going to pull you down, it's my job now to pull you out before you get to that point. It is my job. And Jesus, Jesus just goes up to Peter and says, Peter, stop it. Quit saying that you can stand when I know you. See, the thing is, I don't know everything, but I've been 16 and I've been 17 and I've been 18 years old. I know what's out there and I might not have all the answers and I might not have Snapchat, but I do have Jesus and I know what's right and wrong. And that's the thing that we have to get. 
We're, we're sitting there going, oh, I'm just afraid. And all of a sudden, we don't confront the issues. And our kids get dabbled up in things and caught up in things at the age 15 that we didn't know existed. Jesus confronted him. Jesus warned him. Jesus confronted him. Let me show you how Jesus loved him. Chapter, Luke chapter 2, uh, 22, verse 32. But I, but, I, but I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. Jesus is confronting them, and then he rolls right into there and supporting him, saying, hey, son, I prayed for you. Dad, how, how often do our kids hear verbiage like that? How often do they hear saying, hey, when, when you are converted, because Jesus knew that he was going to fail, he talked about restoring him immediately. It is amazing how some dads can bring down the hammer, and they don't know how to show grace to their kids. Here's a big shock. Every dad here, here's a big shot. Your kids will mess up. Hey, dad, they're going to mess up. Do they know that they can come back to you? I love how Jesus was on the shoreline. And Peter, he, you know, he's calling out, Peter, did you catch any fish? Did you catch any fish? And he pulls them out. You know, because Peter swims to the water. He pulls them out and he sits there and he says, he starts confronting him right there on the sidelines and loving him. He said, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, if you love me, do you love me? You know what he's doing? He reached out to him and said, hey, I know you're going to mess up, but here's dad. Every child needs to know that this is dad. You know what we're doing? We're in the likeness of God. God forgives, and you know what? Mom and dad forgives. You mess up, and God helps you out. You mess up, mom and dad will help you out. And I know there's a fine line between enabling in certain situations and doing that, but our kids need to know that mom and dad are there. Let them know. Let them know. The next thing we see, we follow Christ. And I just start going through this. Not only do we lead them to know it, but we lead them to see it. Notice what Jesus does next in Luke 22, verse 39. And he came out and went. Listen to this. And as he went to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And he was at that place. He said unto them, pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast. He'll down and he prayed. Now here it is. Jesus is going to the garden. And he walks up to these guys as he's warning them, as he confronts them. And then he does this as a follow-up. He says, hey guys, come here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, guys. Come here. Stay there. And here's Jesus. He kneels down and he's praying. Have you ever thought that a lot of what Peter, James, John, and all of them learned was not just what Jesus taught them when he was at the Sermon on the Mount, not just what he taught them as he sat around the table at the Last Supper. Not just what he taught them when he was on the boat and he was teaching the crowd. But Jesus taught them by what he did. Now, I know this is going to get a little uncomfortable. But let me tell you guys. The example that we are being set is the example that they are following and they are mimicking in their lives. When we do wrong, we teach them that what they're doing wrong is okay. We ought to teach our, Christ, our kids to be like Christ because they are watching I want, I want my boys to respect women. You, you say, well, how are you going to do that? I respect women. And if I want them to treat their wives right, then I've got to treat my wife right because I am teaching them every single day what a man looks like. Hey, guys. Hey, Dad. Grandpas. If your kids turn out to be just like you, what kind of kids will they turn out to be? If they respect their wives the way that you respect your wife, what will it be like? 
If, 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 they, if you yell and throw things, are you teaching them that it's okay? And that, oh, just because I do that doesn't mean it's okay. Even, even the respect of giving the example of you do mess up, you go back to your kids and say, hey, dad messed up. I'm sorry for what I did. You say, well, I'd never do that. Well, you've got a pride issue anyways. See, we do mess up. You know what I want my kids to do when they mess up? I want them to make it right. So you know what I do when I mess up? I make it right. See, our kids are watching everything we do. They're, they're mimicking everything. We had the kids program the other night. And so Morgan was in the Iwana program and she was sitting right here. And I'm sitting right here. And of course, when you're, when you're doing a kids program, you're, you're so into this. You know, you're just watching everything that's going on and stuff like that. And uh, I'm watching Morgan up there on the stage. And Pastor Dave is up here preaching. Your kids are watching you. They're watching you in the good times. They're watching you doing this whole thing. And I look up at Morgan. She's looking right at me. And she does this. She goes. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so not what he means, but Okay. Is, is Wyatt in here? Hey, come here, buddy. Can you come up here with me? I know I'm making the parents really nervous. Come, come sit down. How are you? Good. So, for the audience, tell them your name. W-Y-A-T-T. That's right. <laughs> hey, do you remember when me and you were working in the garage this week? Yep. Who was working with us? Do you remember that guy's name? It was Josiah. So me and Josiah are working in the garage. And we're putting all these things together. And just so you guys know, we give, we give a lot of the credit to like Pastor Dave and all those guys. Why, you were here almost every night working too, weren't you? He was, he was out there. He'd, he'd, we'd, call, we'd holler out for tools. And uh, n- nobody even knew what the tools were, but Wyatt would go get that tool. He knew, he knew more than some of the guys that were here. So me and Josiah were in the far garage. And we're... Um, we're putting together some of the carnival events that we're doing for this thing. And so we're, we're talking. He's over there working. He's helping us do all these stuff. We're having a great time. And, and I'm asking him a question. Who taught you how to build? Who taught you how to do all that stuff? Your dad. Your dad? That's awesome. So your dad was doing it. So me and, me and Josiah. Is Josiah in here? Josiah's up at the computer. So me and Josiah are working together. And he's just watching everything that we're doing. And he looks up at me and he goes, he goes, are you guys brothers? I said, I, I looked at Josiah and I almost said no. And then I said, Why, Wyatt? I said, actually, Wyatt, we are brothers. And I'm, I'm dude, I'm pumped. Pastor Tony. Pastor Tony is going to give this little boy all this wisdom about the fact that this other guy working at church is my brother. And, and I said, well, we're brothers, but we're not brothers in the way that we thought, that you're probably thinking. You said what? Do you remember? How are we brothers? Jesus of the... Um... Something like that. Wyatt said, uh, he said, I know how you're brothers. He said, you guys are brothers in Christ. Do you remember saying that? Yep. Okay. (laughs) And I I, I just stopped in this thing and I said, I said, Wyatt. I said, that's absolutely true. I said, we are brothers in Christ. I I, I thought, how, how did you know that? How did you know that? Because my parents taught me. You can go back to your seat, buddy. Here's me and Wyatt. We're just going to work, going to work. Me and Josiah are over there. We're doing this. And here's Wyatt just watching us, just watching us. You know, I was sitting there. And he just said, and I, I even questioned, why did he even think, why did he even think to ask if we were brothers? 
on the fact that he saw this unity of going on. Guys, we can get into our kids and we can talk all day long about what they should be, what they should be, and what's out there and all that. But I'll tell you, they are watching everything that we do. They are watching to see if we live out. And I love the fact that when Jesus went and he went into the garden, he knelt down and he is praying. He's standing there, not my will, but thine be done. And the disciples are sitting there watching every bit of that. Just so you guys know, the disciples all gave their life for Christ. They all gave their life for Christ because they saw the example. Hey, dad, does your life belong to God? The way that you live, the way that you give, the way that you interact, if they're going to serve God, they're going to watch you serve God. But I tell you, a lot of our mindset is I serve God from a pew. There's a whole lot more to serving God than showing up Sunday at 11. Boy, it's quiet in here. See, the thing is, We've got a job to do and we have to teach them how to do it. We have to teach them to engage. We have to teach them to be ready to go out there and do the job. It's our job. It's what we do. I'm making my kids battle ready. There's one last thing. And this point is an over, overarching point. See, he, he led them to see it or led them to know it. He led them to see it. And then he led them to experience it. He... The world today, and this, this is fearful of me, of, uh, of on my heart, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys this, this mindset, this scary thing that I had. It's every other weekend there's a superhero movie. Have you guys noticed that? Every other movie. I mean, the superheroes are bigger now to adults than they were to our kids. It, it's, we, we get more worked up over the superheroes. It's Captain America and Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk and all this other stuff. And, and I'm not saying that it's wrong. It's just, it's, it's all make-believe. It's make-believe. Then you get with our kids and half their video games is zombie apocalypse and the walking dead and all these other things that are going on all around them. We go to Disney World and all around us is fa- uh, fantasy and fiction. And then we go to our kids and we tell them about Jesus. We tell them Jesus is the creator of everything. And Jesus has greater power. And Jesus is peace. And Jesus is almighty. And Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is this. And all of a sudden they're watching and they see names of Iron Man and what he can do and they see the names of, you know, fairy tale characters and what they do and they see all this other stuff. I'm going to ask you just a point blank question. In your life, what makes Jesus any different than the rest of it? What makes Jesus any different? Because our kids can follow you and they can go to church and they can sit in Sunday school and they can go to VBS and they can hear the messages and they can do all these things. What separates all of that for the truth? Because I, I, I got a feeling that a lot of these kids, when they get older, it's nothing more than a theory. Jesus taught them. Jesus showed them. But Jesus led them to Lazarus when Re- Lazarus was dead. And God stood them off to the side and said, watch the power of God of what I can do. And in the presence of them, they, they heard the power of God and then they witnessed the power of God. And the disciples are going around mending and loving on the families and walking on going, what did we just see? What was that? You imagine being there on the day that they fed the 5,000. And Jesus said he could feed the 5,000. He said, Peter, James, John, you guys come over here. Grab this basket. Go feed them. But master, this is not enough food to feed all these people. Just go feed them. Are you guys seeing what I'm seeing? This, this basket's not running out the whole time that I'm doing this. Peter in the boat on that day. And he said, Master, Master, can I do what you're doing? Get out of the boat. 
And Peter went walking on the water the way that his master did. It's not enough just to tell them. It's not just enough to show them. They have got to follow in our footsteps to experience the power of God. I'm finding out right now for my kids. I, I, I'm going on a mission trip. I'm so pumped. I'm talking to Jordan. And Jordan's saying, Dad, how much is the trip? I said, it's going to be around $3,000, $3,200 for us to fly to Thailand and the Philippines. And Jordan says, Dad, I want to go. He said, Dad, I don't even have a job. I said, Jordan, do you believe that God can give you the money? You know what I want to do? Come on, Jordan. Get out of the boat, Jordan. It's not just a dad thing. It's not just a Sunday thing. I want you to experience it for yourself. I want you to know that God provides. Jordan, get out of the boat. Just so you know, I'm not saying this to brag on myself or anything like that. I'm just telling you my life because I experience it my life. I teach my kids to give to God, okay? When they, when, they, when they were kids and they got a dollar, I taught them to give a dime to God. When they had $10, I give them a dollar to God. You say, why are you doing that? Because I want my kids to have a church to keep going to when they're adults. I want, I want them to learn the principle. I don't want them to know the principle. I want them to live the principle. You give and it shall be given unto you. I want them to know that God is faithful and God is good. I want them to see that, oh, taste and see that God is good. I want them to get it in their mouth. I want them to get it in their heart. I want them to live it out in their life. It's not just a theory that God can. My God is able and my God will do these things. Jordan, one job after another, he starts getting calls and opportunities that he should have never had. People calling up and he's getting money. He sent out the letters and the money's coming out. And he was gone on this trip. And I said, kept giving him updates and tried to tell him. And every bit of this, I said, Jordan, God is blessing you. God is working it out. Jordan built the base, the frame of that thing up there. I know Jordan wouldn't tell you, but he went out there and Dave gave him the responsibility. And the main box of that and the styrofoam is 15 years old. You know, you know what I'm doing? I want my son to know this. Your life belongs to God. And when you step out in faith at 15 years old, God will take care of you. Because I want him to see that I grew up in a home and I saw unity among my mom and dad. And I saw souls saved in our church. And I saw my mom and dad and my family and my uncle show up and do all sorts of crazy things and work through the middle of the night And he worked with other men of God that loved each other. And they acted like brothers, not like enemies. Guys, I tell you, you want to ruin your kids? It's when you walk out of here and you run each other down the entire time. You can't sit there and be excited about one thing that God is doing. But you sure can run down sister so-and-so because of what she did. God cannot be blessed with that. And our kids grow up and say, you know what? There's more unity in the bars that I hang out in than there ever has been at that church that I went to. See, the difference is we've got to lead our kids to experience the power of God. For them to taste and see when they grow up and say, I don't want anything else. I've experienced the real deal and I want it. Peter in Acts chapter 2 stood before them and he lived out what he was taught in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Hey dads, it's more than just raising kids that are going to get a job. I want to stand there and say, I'll tell you when Son, it's not just when you walk out the door. Satan knows your name. He is ready to rip you apart. He is ready to take you down. He is out there, and I'm going to love him. I'm going to confront my kids. I'm going to raise them. I'm going to teach them. I'm going to show them, but I want them to experience the goodness of God.